Chapter One of Twenty Five Sermons on the Holy Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Twenty Five Sermons on the Holy Land by Thomas DeWitt Talmage. The Eve of Departure. And they accompanied him unto the ship. Acts twenty thirty eight. To the more than twenty-five million people in many countries, to whom my sermons come week by week, in English tongue and by translation, through the kindness of the press, I address these words. I dictate them to a stenographer on the eve of my departure for the Holy Land, Palestine. When you read this sermon, I will be in mid-Atlantic. I go to be gone a few weeks on a religious journey. I go because I want for myself and hearers and readers to see Bethlehem and Nazareth and Jerusalem and Calvary and all the other places connected with the Saviour's life and death, and so reinforce myself for sermons. I go also because I am writing the life of Christ and can be more accurate and graphic when I have been an eyewitness of the sacred places. Pray for my successful journey and my safe return. I wish on the eve of departure to pronounce a loving benediction upon all my friends in high places and low, upon congregations to whom my sermons are read in absence of pastors, on groups gathered out on prairies and in mining districts, upon all sick and invalid and aged ones who cannot attend churches, but to whom I have long administered through the printed page. My next sermon will be addressed to you from Rome, Italy, for I feel like Paul when he said, so as much as is in me i am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at rome also the fact is that paul was ever moving about on land or sea he was an old sailor not from occupation but from frequency of travel i think he could have taken a vessel across the mediterranean as well as some of the ship captains the sailors never scoffed at him for being a landlubber if paul's advice had been taken the crew would never have gone ashore at Melita. Paul on the Ocean When the vessel went scudding under bare poles, Paul was the only self-possessed man on board, and turning to the excited crew and despairing passengers, he exclaims in a voice that sounds above the thunder of the tempest and the wrath of the sea, Be of good cheer! The men who now go to sea with maps and charts and modern compass warned by buoy and lighthouse know nothing of the perils of ancient navigation horace said that the man who first ventured on the sea must have had a heart bound with oak and triple brass people then ventured only from headland to headland and from island to island and not until long after spread their sail for a voyage across the sea before starting the weather was watched and the vessel having been hauled up on the shore the mariners placed their shoulders against the stern of the ship and heaved it off they at the last moment leaping into it vessels were then chiefly ships of burden the transit of passengers being the exception for the world was not then migratory as in our day when the first desire of a man in one place seems to be to get into another place the ship from which jonah was thrown overboard and that in which paul was carried prisoner went out chiefly with the idea of taking a cargo as now so then vessels were accustomed to carry a flag in those times it was inscribed with the name of a heathen deity 
a vessel bound for syracuse had on it the inscription castor and pollux the ships were provided with anchors anchors were of two kinds those that were dropped into the sea and those that were thrown up onto the rocks to hold the vessel fast this last kind was what paul alluded to when he said which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and that which entereth into that within the veil that was what the sailors call a hook anchor the rocks and sandbars shoals and headlands not being mapped out vessels carried a plumb line they would drop it and find the water fifty fathoms and drop it again and find it forty fathoms and drop it again and find it thirty fathoms thus discovering their near approach to the shore in the spring summer and autumn the mediterranean sea was white with the wings of ships but at the first wintry blast they hide themselves to the nearest harbor although now the world's commerce prospers in january as well as in june and in midwinter all over the wide and storm deep there float palaces of light trampling the billows underfoot and showering the sparks of terrible furnaces on the wild wind and the christian passenger tippeted and shawled sits under the shelter of the smokestack looking off upon the phosphorescent deep on which is written in scrolls of foam and fire thy way o god is in the sea and thy path in the great waters it is in those days of early navigation that i see a group of men women and children on the beach of the mediterranean paul is about to leave the congregation to whom he had preached and they are come down to see him off it is a solemn thing to part there are so many traps that wait for a man's feet the solid ground may break through and the sea how many dark mysteries it hides in its bosom a few counsels a hasty good-bye a last look and the ropes rattle and the sails are hoisted and the planks are hauled in and paul is gone i expect to sail over some of the same waters over which paul sailed but before going i want to urge you all to embark for heaven the church is the dry dock where souls are to be fitted out for heaven in making a vessel for this voyage the first need is sound timber the floor timbers ought to be of solid stuff for the want of it vessels that looked able to run their jibboons into the eye of any tempest when caught in a storm have been crushed like a wafer the truths of god's word are what i mean by floor timbers away with your lighter materials nothing but oaks hewn in the forest of divine truth are staunch enough for this craft striking maritime similes you must have love for a helm to guide and turn the craft neither pride nor ambition nor avarice will do for a rudder love not only in the heart but flashing in the eye and tingling in the hand love married to work which many look upon as so homely a bride love not like brooks which foam and rattle yet do nothing but love like a river that runs up the steps of mill-wheels and works in the harness of factory bands love that will not pass by on the other side but visits the man who fell among thieves near jericho not merely saying poor fellow you are dreadfully hurt but like the good samaritan pours in oil and wine and pays his board at the tavern there must also be a prow arranged to cut and override the billow that is christian perseverance there are three mountain surges that sometimes dash against the soul in a minute the world the flesh and the devil and that is a well-built prow that can bound over them 
for lack of this many have put back and never started again it is the broadside wave that so often sweeps the deck and fills the hatches but that which strikes in front is harmless meet troubles courageously and you surmount them stand on the prow and as you wipe off the spray of the split surge cry out with the apostle none of these things move me let all your fear stay aft the right must conquer know that moses in an ark of bulrushes can run down a war steamer the anchor of hope have a good strong anchor which hope we have as an anchor by this strong cable and windlass hold on to your anchor if any man sin we have an advocate with the father do not use the anchor wrongfully do not always stay in the same latitude and longitude you will never ride up to the harbor of eternal rest if you all the way drag your anchor but you must have sails vessels are not fit for the sea until they have the flying jib the foresail the top-gallant the sky-sail the gaff-sail and other canvas faith is our canvas hoist it and the winds of heaven will drive you ahead sails made out of any other canvas than faith will be slit to tatters by the first northeaster strong faith never lost a battle it will crush foes blast rocks quench lightnings thresh mountains it is a shield to the warrior a crank to the most ponderous wheel a lever to pry up pyramids a drum whose beat gives strength to the step of the heavenly soldiery and sails to waft ships laden with priceless pearls from the harbor of earth to the harbor of heaven but you are not yet equipped you must have what seamen call the running rigging this comprises the ship's braces halyards clue lines and such like without these the yards could not be braced the sails lifted nor the canvas in any wise managed we have prayer for the running rigging unless you understand this tackling you are not a spiritual seaman by pulling on these ropes you hoist the sails of faith and turn them every whither the prow of courage will not cut the wave nor the sail of faith spread and flap its wing unless you have strong prayer for a halyard one more arrangement and you will be ready for the sea you must have a compass which is the bible look at it every day and always sail by it as its needle points toward the star of bethlehem through fog and darkness and storm it works faithfully search the scriptures box the compass let me give you two or three rules for the voyage allow your appetites and passions only an under-deck passage do not allow them ever to come up on the promenade deck mortify your members which are upon the earth never allow your lower nature anything better than a steerage passage let watchfulness walk the decks as an armed sentinel and shoot down with great promptness anything like mutiny of riotous appetites be sure to look out of the forecastle for icebergs these are cold christians floating about in the church the frigid zone professors will sink you steer clear of icebergs keep a logbook during all the voyage an account of how many furlongs you make a day the merchant keeps a day-book as well as a ledger you ought to know every night as well as every year how things are going when the express train stops at the depot you hear a hammer sounding on all the wheels thus testing the safety of the rail train 
bound as we are with more than express speed toward a great eternity ought we not often to try the work of self-examination be sure to keep your colors up you know the ships of england russia france and spain by the ensigns they carry sometimes it is a lion sometimes an eagle sometimes a star sometimes a crown let it ever be known who you are and for what port you are bound let christian be written on the very front with a figure of a cross a crown and a dove and from the masthead let float all the streamers of emmanuel then the pirate vessels of temptation will pass you unharmed as they say there goes a christian bound for the port of heaven we will not disturb her for she has too many guns aboard run up your flag on this polling i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god and the wisdom of god unto salvation when driven back or laboring under great stress of weather now changing from starboard tack to larboard and then from larboard to starboard look above the top gallants and your heart shall beat like a war-drum as the streamers float on the wind the sign of the cross will make you patient and the crown will make you glad the voyage to eternity before you gain port you will smell the land breezes of heaven and christ the pilot will meet you as you come into the narrows of death and fasten to you and say when thou passest through the waters i will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee are you ready for such a voyage make up your minds the gangplanks are lifting the bell rings all aboard for heaven this world is not your rest the chaffinch is the silliest bird in all the earth for trying to make its nest on the rocking billow oh how i wish that as i embark for the holy land in the east all to whom i preach by tongue or type would embark for heaven what you all most need is god and you need him now some of you i leave in trouble things are going very rough with you you have had a hard struggle with poverty or sickness or persecution or bereavement light after light has gone out and it is so dark that you can hardly see any blessing left may that jesus who comforted the widow of nain and raised the deceased to life with his gentle hand of sympathy wipe away your tears all is well when david was fleeing through the wilderness pursued by his own son he was being prepared to become the sweet singer of israel the pit and the dungeon were the best schools at which joseph ever graduated the hurricane that upset the tent and killed job's children prepared the man of us to write the magnificent poem that has astounded the ages there is no way to get the wheat out of the straw but to thresh it there is no way to purify the gold but to burn it look at the people who have always had it their own way they are proud discontented useless and unhappy but if you want to find cheerful folks go among those who have been purified by the fire after rossini had rendered william tell the five hundredth time a company of musicians came under his window in paris and serenaded him they put upon his brow a golden crown of laurel leaves but amidst all the applause and enthusiasm rossini turned to a friend and said i would give all this brilliant scene for a few days of youth and love contrast the melancholy feeling of rossini who had everything that this world could give him 
to the joyful experience of Isaac Watts, whose misfortunes were innumerable, when he says, The hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets. Before we reach the heavenly fields, our walk the golden streets. Then let our songs abound, and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground to fairer worlds on high. It is prosperity that kills, and trouble that saves. While the Israelites were on the march amidst great privations and hardships, they behaved well. After a while they prayed for meat, and the sky darkened with a large flock of quails, and these quails fell in great multitudes all about them. And the Israelites ate and ate, and stuffed themselves until they died. Oh, my friends, it is not hardship or trial or starvation that injures the soul, but abundant supply. It is not the vulture of trouble that eats up the Christian's life. It is the quails. It is the quails. I cannot leave you until once more I confess my faith in the Savior whom I have preached. He is my all in all. I owe more to the grace of God than most men. With this ardent temperament, if I had gone overboard, I would have gone to the very depths. You know I can do nothing by halves. O oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. I think all will be well. Do not be worried about me. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that if any fatality should befall me, I think I should go straight. I have been most unworthy, and would be sorry to think that any one of my friends had been as unworthy a Christian as myself. But God has helped a great many through, and I hope he will help me through. It is a long account of shortcomings, but if he is going to rub any of it out, he will rub it all out. And now give us, for I go not alone, your benediction. When you send letters to a friend in a distant land, you say via such a city or via such a steamer. When you send your good wishes to us, send them via the throne of God. We shall not travel out of the reach of your prayers. There is a scene where spirits dwell, where friends hold intercourse with friend, though sundered far by faith we meet around one common mercy seat. And now may the blessing of God come down upon your bodies and upon your souls, your fathers and mothers, your companions, your children, your brothers and sisters, and your friends. May you be blessed in your business and in your pleasures, in your joys and in your sorrows, in the house and by the way. And if during our separation an arrow from the unseen world should strike any of us, may it only hasten on the raptures that God has prepared for those who love him. I utter not the word farewell. It is too sad, too formal a word for me to speak or write. But considering that I have your hand tightly clasped in both of mine, I utter a kind and affectionate and a cheerful good-bye. End of chapter 1